listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, episode 186. Today, mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with Super Bowl champion kicker Stephen Goskowski to talk about his mindset on achieving greatness and mental toughness as an elite athlete. Stephen shares how he stays mentally tough and the behind the scenes of being a professional kicker. Grant and Stephen also dive deeper into the mental struggles of being an athlete and the impact that it has on players. If you want to know more about what it takes to become a three-time Super Bowl champion kicker and hear about mindset tips to achieve your highest potential, then this is a must-listen episode. Are you ready to raise your game? 2021 is the year to increase your performance on and off the field. The Athlete's Edge Journal was designed to cultivate self-confidence and mental resilience through the power of sports psychology. Whether you are a professional athlete, a former college athlete, or have aspirations of greatness in the future, this journal is for you. Visit winthementalgame.com and use the promo code GRANTPAR20 to receive a 20% discount at checkout. Act now to take your mental game to the next level. What if you could rapidly accelerate your team's performance and skill acquisition just minutes before practice or game? NeuroTrainer triggers high-performance states with virtual reality brain training that can be deployed in the gym or at home. In just eight minutes, your team will be more focused and ready for whatever you or the game throws at them. Visit NeuroTrainer.com to schedule your demo and get your team locked in. Hey, Steven, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, man, what an honor to have you on my show. And, you know, it was uh, kind of a neat experience just to, to have that pre-call with you and talk to you a little bit about just your mindset as a kicker, what you've done uh, throughout your whole career as a kicker, um, being a Super Bowl champion and just all the accolades that you've won, all the successes that you experienced. So it's it's going to be a treat to share with my listeners kind of the mindset of of you and how you prepare to for greatness so i'm looking forward to a great show awesome man looking forward to it all right so let's get into it it's my favorite topic mental toughness and when we think about football you know we think uh maybe we don't think of kickers having that that mental toughness but it's it's all mental toughness for the most part so when you think about being mentally tough what does that mean to you well um I mean, mental toughness can be a lot of things. Um, uh, Coach Belichick used to say is mental toughness is doing what's best for the team when everything's not going right for you. And that kind of resonated with me because it's very easy when everything's going well to puff out your chest and tell everybody how great you are. But to have that self-confidence and get yourself out of you know, the pits when things aren't going your way and still mentally willing yourself to perform when things aren't either feeling good, um, injuries, um, you know, stuff going on in your personal life to be able to put that aside and focus on what you need to do to do your job to help your team win. And I mean, that goes in other aspects of life, um, you know, get fired from a job, you know, break up with your girlfriend, anything like that. Um, finding a way to mentally get yourself out of the dumps when um, things are not going the way that you want to and still being able to 
give it your best effort and best focus. And, um, you know, people who think that mental toughness doesn't have anything to do with kickers. I mean, it's 95% mental toughness. I mean, you obviously have to have the talent to do it, but you know, when you're in a job, when you're one or two plays away from being fired every week, you definitely have to have a little bit of thick skin. And, you know, there's a certain percentage of the football population that just doesn't like specialists anyway. So you're already dealing with that battle. And uh, in the NFL, you got to prove yourself as a, as a peer and find a way to fit in with the guys, um, 53 guys. And a lot of them put their bodies on the line, you know, on a daily basis. And that's not something that we do, but we do have a lot of pressure on our backs and a lot of pressure on our feet to, uh, win and lose ball games. And I think that takes a lot of mental toughness, um, to be able to do for a sustained period of time. Well, we, we all know this with Belichick, you know, we've heard this phrase uh, or statement, um, for decades, do your job, Yep. do your job. And when you just, cause you just said like, you know, every, every week, every other week, you know, you're, you can potentially have your job be taken away. You can be fired. So when you think about that statement, just do your job. Does that actually allow you to really focus on what you can't control? It kind of, I know it seems simple, but when you're literally from week to week or season to season, you can lose your job. Does something like that just keep things more focused for the player just to do your job? Just don't think about it. Just do your job. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, a lot of foot, there's a lot of cliches in football and like <laughs> do your job just seems so simple. But I think that pertained a lot just as much to you know, not talking for anybody else but yourself. Um, don't worry about if the offense is playing bad, if you're on defense, or don't worry about the defense if the offense, you know, like, or vice versa. Um, it's one of those things like worry about doing your job, count on the people next to you to do their jobs, and things will work out. And it's a pretty, I mean, there's so much more that goes into it, but it's a pretty simple thing. I think with pro sports, it's easy to get caught up in, Who's making what money? Who's making the Pro Bowl? Um, what team are you on? What's your next contract? There are so many more distractions in the NFL um, than in college or high school or growing up to where if you just focus on doing your job and you prepare and work hard the right way and focus, then good things will happen. And, you know, uh, Bill was hard on everybody, treated everybody the same. You know, you're, not, you're, you're only as good as your last play. Uh, you screw up, whether you're, you know, number one on the roster or number 53 on the roster, he's going to let you know about it. Uh, you don't get a lot of pats on the back for doing your job. You know, if I go out there, make four or five kicks, you know, you're not going to get a, a big celebration. It's like, yeah, you did your job. Good job. And that's pretty much it. And um, you're open to criticism just like anybody else. And it's one of those things that, you know, to play for New England with the fans, the media, and Coach Belichick, I mean, you got to have some thick skin. You got to have a true confidence in yourself and your abilities to not let the outside distractions bother you and keep you from doing your actual job. You know, you you talk about distractions because it 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 happens. You know, there's distractions in every sport. Um, especially, there's different kinds of distractions at the NFL level, the professional, the elite level. So when you think of all the distractions that a kicker has to go through or particularly you, uh, 
What do you think the biggest distraction was that you had to deal with? I mean, it's tough to say. I think the hardest thing about kicking is you don't make your own opportunities. Um, you're a victim of whatever happens in that game. And luckily I was on a really good team that we scored a ton of points. So I was playing a lot, um, but not having any control over certain things can really be a distraction. Like, you know, you feel good and you don't get to play much or you feel like crap and then you're asked to do a lot. So little things like that can throw you off. If you let it, um, you just got to be able to rise above it and, um, you got to show up every day to practice like your job depends on it. And that's the atmosphere that we had in New England. And it was really easy to fit in line because everyone else was doing it. And it's not like just the kicker was the only one who thought they could lose their job every week. It was probably everybody else. But you get to a certain point where you have some success and you have that confidence in yourself. You don't worry about getting your, your you don't worry about uh, losing your job. You don't worry about things like that. Like once you get your feet wet, it's a whole different set of problems. Um, another distraction that I feel like something that could get seep into your head is when you do have success. Um, mm -hmm. it's a lot harder to stay at the top than to get to the top and complacency can set in, um, your sense of ego, your sense of pride. And, you know, you're doing, doing awesome for all this, all this time. And then something bad happens. You're like, ah, that didn't happen to me. That couldn't happen to me, but Hey, it can happen to anybody, anybody at any time in any sport. Um, you're always, uh, a, you know, a player two away from not being the man. So it's just <laughs> dealing with all those little things. And as m many people who've made it, you know, in the professional ranks and uh, high level in their sport or job, you know, it's an all consuming thing. Like it's something you think about 95% of the day um, and finding ways to let your mind escape and, you know, have some kind of normalcy outside of the craziness um, is I feel like is key because, you know, I remember being at a game and then after the game was over, I couldn't sleep the whole night because I just kept mm -hmm. thinking about the game or, um, you know, the nerves and anxiety that happened week to week to week. And you don't realize what it's doing to you until after the season's over. And you feel like you've lost like a hundred pounds, like the day after the season's <laughs> over. So just being able to deal with all that stuff, yeah. uh, learning how to deal with it, you know, better as the years go on, you know, there's so many different challenges in different parts of my career. I mean, obviously the biggest one going in was, you know, replacing Adam Vinatieri and having to hear about that every single day of my life. Uh, I mean, I remember my rookie year in the, it was either the Boston Globe or Boston Herald. They hit, made a chart of every kick I kicked in practice wow. every day for all at training camp. And, you know, the story that they wanted to write was this kid is young. He has no chance to do anything. You know, they just let the greatest kicker in the history of the NFL go. And they wanted the Patriots to pay for it because he was beloved and he was, he was the man. And, you know, they had an ax to grind against Bill. And uh, luckily I did well enough to, to, you know, at some point make them uh, forget about that, me trying to be the, the, the guy who's going to fall flat in his face. And then I think that made myself a little bit more endearing to the fans to be able to come over that. So um, sometimes the tough times feel tough, but they're way more rewarding when you come out on top of them. Isn't it funny how it, how it worked out? Because 
you're the you're the all-time Patriot scorer. You've uh, led the NFL five times in scoring, uh, let alone all the other accolades, um, all pro and Super Bowl champion and all that. But it's funny how um, when they let go one of the best, you know, at that time, the best kicker in in the franchise, and then they bring you in and all that pressure, right? And I want to talk about that in a, in, right now, actually, about pressure, because when you think about the program or the team, the organization that you were playing for, like everybody knew for the most part, you're going to win every game for the yep. most part. So, so there's some confidence in being a part of a, an organization of just winning and knowing how to do your job and trusting each other. But there's also a standard. So as a kicker, when, like you said, you play a lot because the offense was scoring and, so was there, a, how did you deal with that pressure of, of keeping up that standard and also that pressure of, you know, with Adam Vinatieri and that legacy hanging around you? Um, because people don't understand there's a lot going on in all of our minds, but as a kicker, we only see you for a short amount of, of, of a game, but there's so much going on, so much preparation, so much th- things that are going on. So how did you, how did you deal with the standard and the pressure of it all? Well, first and foremost, uh, the pressure can, like, you can either feel pressure or apply it. And I wasn't going to let the pressure get to me and make me play bad. Uh, I used to tell people the only person that can get in my head is myself. Like, mm-hmm. I never had a problem with any of the pressure or anything. I put more pressure on myself than I think anybody else could. Um, that has its problems too, because, you know, sometimes, you, you find a way to put pressure on yourself when you don't need to. Um, I was so young, dumb and naive that I wasn't going to let, you know, what anybody said ruin my chance of being a professional athlete. So they could have said whatever they wanted to. They could have called me whatever they wanted to. It wasn't going to bother me. I knew that I was excited to be there. Then I was going to work my tail off to be the best that I could be. And um, I also, I'm not a big fan of comparing myself to others. Like that just steals your joy away. There's always going to be someone better than you. There's always going to be somebody thinking somebody's better than you. There's going to be people that think you suck. Who cares? Like that <laughs> does not bother me one bit. I mean, you know, sometimes it might agitate you a little bit, it, like you catch you on a bad day where you want to say something back, but it's just not worth it. It's not worth your time. It's not worth your mental space to, um, the game's hard enough. It's, it's hard enough to have to be borderline perfect every week and they expect you to make it every time. That to me was the pressure of the job. All the other stuff was just outside noise that I feel like was easy to just go in one ear, one in one ear out the other. It was a little bit harder later in my career when I had had so much success and my skills and body started slipping a little bit, trying to maintain that level of, you know, my top level. Once I started seeing that slip a little bit, I mean, I'd have good seasons, but it would feel like a complete epic failure to me because it wasn't at a Pro Bowl level. And Mm. I think that's one area in my career where I could look back and say I should have been a little bit mentally tougher, like get over yourself. You're crying because you're not, you know, one of the top two in the league that year. Like, and that's the kind of pressure I put on myself. And I know a lot of people are that way, but at some point too, looking back, you're like, man, you acted like such a little baby. Like, during that time not that I said it out loud but the things that I would get upset over you know millions of people would love to have that problem and then when you can look back at it and learn from those lessons um 
it's kind of interesting to to think about. A hundred percent. I think we we learn so much with reflection. We gain our wisdom from reflection. You know, when 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 you think about because you have so many so many moments in your career that were just monumental, um, like what you did, what the team did. Um, when you think about that mental, that, that moment, that monumental moment out of all the games you played, what do you think is that, that moment, that mental toughness moment? What do you think, um, if you were to share the most uh, monumental moment where you had to be mentally tough, where you had to literally like, whether if it was the weather conditions, the way you were feeling, or it was the pressure of the game, you had to literally lock yourself in to be mentally tough in that moment. What moment was that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's so many <laughs> right? in, in my career, but the one that sticks out the most was the last Super Bowl we played in against the Rams. You know, I, I played in six Super Bowls, you know, it's towards, it was my second to last year with, with New England. It was like my 13th season, you know, early in my career, I absolutely crushed in the playoffs. And then, you know, you miss one kick in the playoffs and then everyone's calling for your job. So, you know, I had a Super Bowl where I missed an extra point. And then, you know, another one, I had a, a rough game, not a rough game, but like not my best. Um, I, was, I was always able to bounce back. Um, and so we're in that Super Bowl against the Rams. Of course, I go out there, miss my first field goal. Um, and that kind of was like, oh, oh, shit, here we go again. Um, kind of thing. And it was a close game. I made us made like a 45 yard or something to put us on the board. And then it was at the end of the game. We're up by seven. There was like a minute and whatever, 20 seconds left. It was like a 42 yarder, something like that. And I had a chance to, you know, put the game away and, you know, make it a two score game and pretty much make it borderline impossible for them. And, you know, you can do all these great things, but if you don't have that monumental moment in New England, you know, they kind of think that you're nothing. Mm. And this was the closest that I was going to get to it. It wasn't a game winner, but to me, it felt like it. Um, so I went out there and made the kick and put the team up by 10. And to me, it was just like, it's like I could exhale for a second. Cause I'd had a few moments in the postseason the last few years before that, where, you know, you miss a kick and the expectation to be perfect is so high for myself to miss one kick. Even if I made 10 others, that Super Bowl just felt like a huge disappointment. And it was just kind of a hurdle I was trying to get over and, you know, you sometimes you have games where you miss a kick and you get to come back and totally make up for it. And, you know, you just kind of hope and wish and dream for those chances. And to get that chance to ice the game away to win our third Super Bowl in like the last like four years, it was uh, it was pretty epic for me personally. I know a lot of people think that was a boring game, but to me personally, that kick meant meant the world to me. It almost felt like, you know, a big weight was lifted off my shoulder and. You know, it stinks. It, it stinks to have a job to where you can have one mishap and think you suck. Right. And, um, you know, realistically, my postseason percentage is higher than my regular season percentage. Um, if you look at the stats, but, you know, you talk to a certain amount of people, they're, all, they're always just going to point out, well, you missed that one. You missed that one. It's like, well, if you play in 40 postseason games, you're going to have a couple. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, you know, it's one of those things like 
that's one of those moments where I really had to dig deep and I was like, all right, this is it. You know, there's no shine away from it now. Like this is your chance to do it. And I did it. And it was, it was pretty cool. So how do you, how do you get over mistakes? How do you get over a, a missed kick and also like a really important one to win the game? What's your process? How, how did you wash that, that mistake from you? Well, I used to be, I used to be like kind of a psychopath about it. I remember my first kick I missed in the NFL. I went to fields the next day and I kicked that same kick a hundred times in a row. I think I made it 99 out of a hundred times. And, you know, I think you get, you dwell on it for a day, beat yourself up for like a day, day and a half, and you just have to wash it. You got to move on. And, um, in sports confidence has never been a thing that I ever really lacked. Um, I don't know if it was just natural or it built up throughout the years through success in different sports. Um, I know, you know, playing every sport growing up, playing two sports in college, um, that definitely helped with my confidence. Uh, you know, I got offered to play a third sport in college. So I think just having confidence and belief in yourself is the best thing because, you know, the teammates and coaches are very supportive, but, you know, there's not really, you know, you're kind of on your own in the NFL a little bit where it's up to you to get yourself out of it. Mm. And luckily I've had way more successes and failures and you can, you can always lean on that a little bit to get your confidence going again. Um, I don't like to dwell on the past and what I did and talk about what I've done, but there are times when, you know, you get low and you've have some low points where you kind of have to dip into that past success to, get yourself out of the funk but when things are going really well i try not to like rest on what i've done i just try to keep it going um you know kicking is such a weird thing too like one little thing can go wrong whether it's the hold or you could leave a little early or take your eye off the ball for a split second or you can even misjudge the the wind or something like that like there's been a lot of kicks where i thought should have gone in that you know at the last second turn or something like that but that's just, that's just what it is. It's a skill. It's an athletic skill. It's a very athletic move, but it is definitely a skill. The day that someone figures out where they can make every one, I, I can't wait to see it. It's, it's a tough thing, but you know, there's some really good ones out there. And, you know, it helps that the snappers and the holders are really good now because that makes your job a lot easier. Um, but yeah, you just, it's, you know, I tell my, like I tell my kids, ride the wave, stay in the middle. Don't get too yeah. high. Don't get too low. And that's what I tried to do. And I never really had a problem getting too high. Sometimes I beat myself up a lot and then I would smack myself in the face and just say, wake up, don't be a baby. <laughs> well, you, you know, it's funny. I had, um, I had Jeff Reed on my, my show a couple of years ago and we were talking about how he got over, um, again, another Super Bowl champion kicker. And if he missed a kick in the first half, what he would do while the team was actually doing all their, their team meetings, he would actually go back out on the field by himself and go to the place where he missed. So he wasn't thinking about it in the second half. So he kind of, so he repped it out and he kicked it and he kicked that. So he didn't have to think about it. That was one way he got over if he missed in the first half. Um, and, and when you think about being a kicker, at times it seems lonely from, from where we sit. Like sometimes you, you know, you're by yourself a lot. How important is it to deal with mistakes and even with your preparation to have a healthy inner dialogue? So not listen to your thoughts, but talking to them and visualization. So how important it is to, to, to have a good inner dialogue and to use visualization to either help you 
deal with with mistakes or get you prepared? I think dealing with failure is a is a character thing. Um, my dad never really used to get mad at me at anything unless I had a bad attitude when it came to sports. Uh, he never yelled at me about hustling or paying attention or anything like that. If if I had a bad attitude or was a bad teammate, um, that's the kind of stuff that he would get on to me for. I'm not going to go over there and yell at somebody if they screw up. I expect the same for me. Um, you got to hold yourself to a high standard. You could get walked all over in my position if you don't hold yourself accountable mm. and show that you can be accounted on. And you can't take crap from anybody. You kind of have to have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. You kind of have to be a little bit of a jerk at my position because people just can't wait to knock you down and tear you down when you mess up or make fun of you or, you know, tell you that you don't really do that much. And we know as, as competitors and uh, the kickers that make it and play for a long time, how hard it is and how hard you have to work to do it. And, you know, you don't let anybody steal that shine from you. So to get over something to me in the middle of a game, wasn't that hard because I was focused on the game. Mm -hmm. uh, it was dealing with it afterwards, like throughout the week that, would replay in my mind. I could flush it after it happened uh, pretty easily for the most part, because, you know, no one's ever perfect. You just strive to be, you try, you strive to be perfect and you just have to have to believe in yourself. I mean, and sometimes you get lucky too. Like, right. you know, you start off a game, get a short field goal, boom, you're, you're ready to go. Sometimes, you know, you start off a game and you have to go out and make a 53 yarder. And that's a little bit of a harder, thing and then like they talk about mental toughness i mean they talk on the tv like oh let's get this quarterback's feet wet give him a couple easy throws and it's like that's soft like we don't get that we don't get that chance like that would be nice to if i got to go out there and kick two 20 yarders i probably would never miss the rest right. of the game because then you get that confidence you get that role but you know that's the kind of stuff that kickers have to deal with and i was never a really nervous person during the game um, but if I had any nerves, it was always on the first kick of the game. And then after that, I was usually pretty good. Yeah. It's funny how the body works, right? The, the nerves, as soon as like the whistle blows or your first kick, your first throw, your first catch, first hit, just kind of things just kind of yep. just melt. Now to this day, out of all the kicks in all the, you know, postseason games, is there one kick that, that you still think about that's still, even though you said you're pretty good on, on rinsing, you know, those mistakes and moving on from it, but is there one that's still like, you still think about? Yeah, probably. So I don't know. It was the first year that moved the extra point back. And actually that year I had set the record for most consecutive extra points made. I can't remember the number. And then we played in the playoffs. We were in the AFC championship game and we go out there, we score a touchdown and I, Going to the extra point off the upright. It's the first one I'd missed in, I don't know, 10 years. Wow. Just set NFL record for it. I was an all pro that year. I came back and I had a pretty good game, but, you know, the way the world works is, of course, we're down by eight. We score a touchdown with like 30 seconds left and we have to go for two. We don't get it. We lose. And that one stuck with me a lot because I felt like I truly lost the game for the team. And I stood there. I answered the questions. I owned up to do it and you know that one hurt because I was having such a good year I was on fire and it's one of those things where you know you lose focus for one second or you get out of your rhythm for one second I mean if the ball was a half an inch to the left it would have bounced in or been in and you know that's just the way the the ball bounces sometimes and 
I'd say that's one I probably think about that keeps me up at night. But at the end of the day, I think it's made me a better person dealing with the uh, failures more than the successes. I think it's helped me be a more grounded person, especially with my family and friends. And, um, you know, I never played. I played because I love sports, you know, and I honestly like there is a, a long time in my life where I couldn't stand kicking. I just like sports. I like, I like being good at something like right. kicking to me. was like, why I'm doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, hundreds of thousands of times. Like this is boring. Um, you know, like I should be doing something different, but I was addicted to being good at something. I was addicted to showing that I could be the best at something. And that's just what I had the most talent in. And it was kind of a love, hate relationship. And, but I wouldn't change any of the bad things for the world because, you know, luckily I was on a good enough team to where we had so many chances to win and we did. And it was, uh, I can look back and be happy with what, what I've done. And, but yeah, there's a few that kept me up at night, but you know, I don't think about it much anymore. Like I used to never watch any of the replays of any of the games or, you know, any of that stuff. And now like some of this stuff comes out from like, you know, Tom Brady's documentary or like, you know, the Super Bowl replays and like, I'll, I'll, I'll glance at it now. But for a while I was like, so jaded and bitter about a few things. I was like, screw this, you know, I'm, I'm not going to like dwell on it. I'm going to move on and, and live my life. But um, yeah, I mean, they're all learning lessons. Everyone has their own ups and downs. And I tell people this, if the, if the worst thing that happens to me is I miss a few kicks in an NFL game, then I'm doing pretty well. Totally. Exactly. And, you know, in our past, our past games, our past seasons, they don't define us. They, they design us if we, if we learn from it. Right. Um, and if w- Wikipedia serves me right, I think it was 479 consecutive extra points. Well, there you go. I wish it was 480. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple questions here before, before we sign off here, um, because I, you know, when I'm working with athletes about pressure. And, you know, when we think about Super Bowl, the NBA finals, the world series, Olympics, like the be all end all of each sport, there's that, that, that game, the the game of all games. And more often than not, besides the Olympics, from my perspective, the Super Bowl is like, and don't get me wrong, like the NBA finals and the world series, they have their hype and their seven games though. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So with Super Bowl, or with the Super Bowl, I know that, you know, I'll bring Pete Carroll into the conversation because I remember watching him field some questions about the hype, the, the energy around the Super Bowl. And he's like, man, like, you know, my team, it's, it's all about just another game. Nothing's changed. You know, the, the rules don't change. The ball doesn't change. The field goal, like nothing changes. It's just another game with really good football players. So, and I get that. Like I play football for 13 years. I, I totally get that. And I've had multiple conversations with people and a lot of people say, no, 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 it's, it's a totally different game. Like it's, it's a different game than all the rest. And I wanted to get your thought because I had a, a cool conversation with my mentor about this, not too long ago about, I just never thought about a different way of looking at it. So before I kind of give you kind of more of my perspective of it, is it a different game? Is it how different is the Super Bowl than the other playoff games and the other, you know, league games? I mean, it's definitely a different game. Um, I think the hardest thing about it is the weight, 
the weight, you know, you wait two weeks, you know, and mm. as athletes, we're very routine. And I think if, I think if we could just practice at our own stadium, play the next Sunday, it would feel like any other game, but you have to wait two weeks, which you're not used to doing unless it's a bye week. Um, there's a lot of distractions. If you let them, um, you know, you have to sleep in a hotel for a week, you know, you get bombarded by thousands of media asking you a bunch of stupid questions. Like, what are you going to do if you miss a game winning kick in the Super Bowl? Like them just putting stupid crap in your head. Um, and then you get to the game and the buildup is so intense that it's almost like once it happens, you're like almost mentally exhausted. Um, but then once you get into the game, it, it turns into the game. There's not as much flow to the game because you're either getting booed at or cheered for. And it's more like a 50, 50 split until I say the game doesn't feel like a normal game until like the second half, mm. because it starts to pick up the pace starts to go. I mean, like, you know, I remember the first Super Bowl. I kicked the opening kickoff and they call us out for the kickoff. They go, oh, TV timeout. And we sit there for like literally wow. five to six minutes on the field. And, you know, you go out there, you're juiced up, you have your routine. And then it's like, oh, man, you're like waiting. It's like waiting forever. So just little things like that, that, you know, can affect you if you let it. And but at the end of the day, yes, the field goals are the same and the ball is the same. And, um, you know, that's one of those things where you really have to just not let your mind wander and try your best to to just focus on doing your doing your job. It's interesting. I, I tend to do this. I tend to play on words, but when you said it, it's the weight, you know, the, the waiting, the two weeks, but also the weight of it, right. The, the yeah. waiting of it. And then the weight of, and then that's kind of your, that's up to the player, right. Um, how much weight they want to put into it. And talking to my mentor, I, we, we were talking about it and he, and he was like, no, it, it's what, here's, what's different. The difference is it is the same game it is there's nothing different, but it's the intensity. And he kind of shared a, an, an analogy of like, if you're going to walk over a pool in your backyard with cement around it, and it's like, you know, seven feet, 10 feet high, you, you're going to walk over that plank and look down. You might be a little nervous, but you'll walk through it. Now do that. Like when it's like a hundred stories high, it's nothing's changed. Like, but the intensity, the energy. So the stakes, because that's the difference. And I think that's kind of where I feel like any athlete is going to feel any kind of pressure or they're going to make it some kind of story or that weight. But as a kicker, because it comes down to the kicker, it comes down to special teams. So I asked that question just because there's there could be that weight, that intensity. And so when you get through that first kick, that does that intensity just melt for you? Yeah. I mean, once I step on the field, I'm usually, um, feel better. The, the intensity and the, and the waiting around and, you know, the, it is true. I mean, like the, the pressure is real. That's why football is such a great game because every game counts and no game counts more than the Super Bowl. And, um, it's, it, it's hard to describe the feeling of nervousness, anxiety, stress excitement like it's it's like good and bad emotions all wrapped in one and just trying to handle it and trying to focus is 
it can be exhausting, but it's worth it. I mean, just to have a chance to play in one, let alone six, is a dream come true. And I don't know if there's a handbook on how to deal with it, but, you know, that's one of those things you just got to be confident and you have to, uh, you know, remember at the end of the day, it is just the game. Um, right. You know, we, we were part of three Super Bowl winning teams and I, it was a couple of the greatest days of my life, but I really don't think about it anymore until, until someone brings up and talks about it. Like you, you hit a goal, you reach it onto the next one um, kind of thing. Like it's, it's hard to explain because yes, it was some of the greatest moments of my life, but it's also something that I don't need to tell everybody about, or I don't need to relive to feel good about myself. Um, right. Just being a, pro athlete living out my dream was was it and that's just that was just icing on the cake and the numbers speak for it's for themselves <laughs> well i mean byproduct of a good team you know i, I right it, it 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 is crazy to think that you know a lot of these athletes that are about to get drafted and stuff like who you go to and who you're around really would make a big difference um i mean when i got on the team i was with a bunch of guys that already won three super bowls so I just had to shut up and prove my worth to them. And, and that, that, that was no easy feat. That was like day in, day out, week after week, big, big moments. I mean, you had to really prove yourself to actually be one of the guys. And some people are the best player on their college team, or maybe even the best in the country. And they want that respect as soon as they walk in the door in the NFL. And that's not going to happen, especially with the New England Patriots. I mean, they will find any reason to show you that you're not working hard enough, not doing enough and being around those guys and seeing how they worked and see how they prepared made my job easier because you just, you had the blueprint right in front of you of how to act, what to do, what to say, where to be and from proven winners. And to see that firsthand, I mean, who knows if I would have gone drafted to a bad team and only cared about how I did and, only cared about my success. I I don't think I would have played as long as I did. You know, I have one more quick Super Bowl question. And the reason why I want to bring this up is because I use this when I work with teams and athletes, I use this, this, and I, I want to make sure that you were on this, on the team at the time, but it's all about comebacks about, cause there's, it doesn't matter where you're at. If you, if you want to come back, you can, for the most part, you can create a comeback. And it's a great lesson for life because we, we get challenged in life and there's times where we feel like we're down on our luck. You know, how do we actually create enough energy and, and have the mindset to create a comeback? So um, you were on the team when you guys beat the Falcons. Yes. To me, when you're down the deficit in the end of the third quarter, and it looked like to me that you guys are going to lose, what was it like to be a part of, now this is more of a we like the we culture, because it seemed like there was something, the energy shift to me, Julie Elliman, and then a bunch of other guys. It just, to see that, what was that like? Because to me, that's one of the, like, it, it sticks out to like, when you're down on your luck, you can still pull it out, but it takes more than just a person, it takes the whole team. So what was that like being on the sideline and being a part of that experience? It, it was wild. I mean, we, you know, that Super Bowl, I didn't step on the field until like three seconds left in the first half, made like a 40-yard field goal. We were down 28 to three. Everyone just kind of like 
no one really talked much in the locker room. There wasn't a bunch of yelling. Everybody was calm. Few people, you know, it wasn't like a hoorah kind of moment, but a lot of people were saying, we still got this. We got a chance. It wasn't like some crazy halftime speech. I just think people believe that we were better than this. And they, and we just focused the team tried to focus on just doing better, making one play chipping away. And then I think at one point there was a little bit of blood in the water and you could just kind of feel the intensity on the sideline pick up. And then, you know, defense started making crazy plays. Offense started making crazy plays. And I can't remember the exact point when everyone started believing, but, you know, it was real. I mean, you could feel it. It was like, you know, it was like being dead asleep and then someone shooting you with like epinephrine or something like that. Like you woke <laughs> up quick and you were in it. I mean, it was easy to like get down on your luck in that game and think, well, we're going to get our butts kicked and embarrassed and this sucks and whatever. But, I don't remember like exactly what moment was or who was the catalyst to it, but so many people stepped up and crushed it in that game. And it was, it was unreal just to, wow. to have a front row seat and, and be a part of that. You know, and I'll, I'll say this because I can only imagine, cause I've obviously not the super bowl, but I've been a part of a, in, in a football game where we were losing 21 zero at halftime. And it was against the last place team. It was in junior college. And then we came back and scored uh, 55 points in one half. And the, just to, to be a part of switching the whole, like taking all the energy and shifting it and then just capitalizing on every single punt, interception, pick six, touch, uh, throwing a touchdown. Like it, it was unreal to be, to be a part of that energy. Um, and I can only imagine at the, at the end, Super Bowl level, like how incredible that was. It, it it really was remarkable. I and mean, then you got to get a little bit lucky, you know, the two best teams playing, uh, we, you know, we, we had, a, we had a little bit of luck too. So you never uh, discount that, but yeah, man, it's crazy. And that's, what's great about sports is, um, you know, it's, it teaches you to never give up, to never quit, to always think you have a chance, you know, and I, it, you know, I, I coach a lot of my kids sports. So, seeing some of the kids strike out and they start crying or throwing their bat. And, right. You know, you try to teach them, man, man, the Babe Ruth struck out thousands of times, man, just get up there and hit the next one, you know, just having that self-belief. And I think that's what's great about sports is it, it get like, if you have success in sports, it can really teach you a lot and give you that like inner confidence, especially, um, you know, and raising boys, like, what that can do for your self-esteem and confidence and the respect you can get when you can show toughness in sports mentally, physically. Um, I just love everything about it. And, you know, everybody loses, everybody has bad games, but the good ones lose less and have less bad games and no one's too good, to, too good to fail. And you just got to learn to deal with it. And that's kind of, you know, life lessons that I try to give my boys when anything goes wrong in their life. Hundred percent. I, I always say, what makes someone really good at what they do at anything is learning how to fail. Um, I had an athlete tell me, "I'm like, why are you so good at what you do?" And he's like, "I just fail better than the next." Yep. He said, like, "Yes, I have great, I great skills. I work my ass off, but I just know how to fail." And then it gets into next play speed and all this other things that we talked about. But I think that's 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 why I love sports. It's taught me how to fail. Cause then if I can learn how to fail, I'm really not out of focus. I'm still focused on, and I'm also 
understanding that there's some greatness there's some cool shit that I can learn from failing. Yeah. It stings. Don't get me wrong. I'm human. We're all human. It's not fun to lose, but if you have a different relationship with it and sports gives you that, that, that experience, those reps with failure, it's um, I'm with you. It's um, sports is just beautiful in that way. It is. And it's, and it's crazy. Like everybody wants to win, you know, but not everybody can deal with what it takes to win consistently. And a lot of the guys that I was with, with the Patriots, of course, we love to win, but I think we were motivated more by the fear of failure and the, that, that kind of thing. I mean, you know, we were part of a dynasty and when you're on top, everyone's trying to knock you down. And, you know, every time we lost, it was like the other team won the Super Bowl and pointing our face and telling us, you know, you guys are done all this stuff. And that's what the beauty of it, just seeing those guys, how much losing hurt and how much they would work the losing hurt worse than the winning felt good. <laughs> and I think that was kind of like what it felt like in the Patriots. Cause we would win and it was like, it's like we didn't win and then we would lose. And it was like the world was ending. So right. it was a crazy dynamic to be a part of, but it was definitely a highly motivational tactic the way it worked. And uh, I think, I think it speaks for itself. Yeah. I was saying it worked. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> So what's next uh, real quick here? What's, what's next for you? And now I know you ended your, your career in, in Tennessee, but what's next for you? Well, I got like two weeks left to get my uh, MBA and then just, you know, enjoy my life, being a dad, doing some business things, not looking for the nine to five job quite yet. So just coaching kids sports. Um, might go back to school again. I don't know. Um, haven't figured that out. Just kind of, uh, you know, getting over the deal of not playing and trying to get my body healthy so I can, you know, try to dominate on the golf course and the tennis course going forward. And, um, you know, just keep my options open, do some volunteer coaching with, uh, with some high schools, kind of just kind of feel where my next Avenue is. So I'm in no rush, man. I'm just enjoying life right now. Yeah. And you, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta stay in shape for that, for that day where you have to put on that yellow jacket. Oh, I don't know about that, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that, that's where you're not, a lot, not a lot of love, not a lot of love for the kicker. So I'm not, I'm not getting my hopes up on that one. <laughs> well, Steven, thank you so much for sharing your story and your mindset. Um, you know, being a football player, I, I know what it's like. Um, I don't know what it's like to be a kicker, but I, I've been around enough throughout my career and to me, it's fascinating to understand what goes between the years of a kicker. Cause a lot of us think you have one thing to do and that's just to kick a, a football. That's it. And there's so much more that goes into it and you've shown it like you've been so consistent with your career, with your numbers and the wins and how you overcome adversity. So thank you for sharing all of that uh, with me and also for my, for my listeners. Well, thank you. And I'll say this, there's a huge correlation with kickers and quarterbacks. Um, not with like what they do on the field, but when you screw up, everyone knows about it. Mm. And when you do well, everyone knows about it. So we get a lot of praise when we do well, we get a lot of flack when we do bad. So I think there's, I mean, I, on the mental side of it, I think there's a lot of similarities, obviously the quarterbacks, you know, get rewarded more and the pressure's a little bit higher, but at the same time, like if you throw an interception, whether it's your fault or not, you're getting blamed for it. Yeah. 
if I miss a kick and it's a uh, bad hold or something like that, I'm still getting blamed for it. Um, so there's, there's some similarities there where I think, you know, mentally, um, they're kind of in the same, in the same boat as far as the expectations and the, you know, the, they expect you to be good all the time. And there's no hiding when you screw up in those two positions. I'll say that. Yeah. And that's why it's important to learn how to fail because it can, yep. it can destroy someone in their career. If they, if they don't know how to, don't have that relationship with failure. Yep. Steven, man, this is awesome. I, I mean, literally I have, I have like a hundred more questions, but we'll save that for part two. Uh, All right. Appreciate again. it, my friend. All right. Have a good All one. Right, thank you.